Madrid, the capital of Spain and the second largest city in the EU after Berlin, is a financial and cultural hub located in the center of the Iberian Peninsula. With its renowned museums, delicious cuisine, and year-round sun, it's no wonder Madrid is one of Europe's most popular tourist destinations, attracting over 6 million visitors a year. Today, we'll be exploring Madrid with Fiorella Samoas, the Director of Sales and Marketing for the Rosewood Villa Magna Hotel. And sharing the stage is Maria Jose Horna, the CEO of GastroCult, a company specializing in curated gastronomy and cultural tours of Spain. We are excited to explore this great European capital city on this episode of Destination Everywhere, Madrid. Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over a hundred countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. Welcome, everyone. I'm Andy McNeil with Todd Bloodworth, and we are here today talking about one of my favorite cities, what they call the Paris South of Europe, Madrid, absolutely gorgeous, wonderful, gothic, unbelievable, just so many things that you can do and experience there. And it's as old as the Stone Age, right, Todd? It's old. The city of Madrid, it was founded in the ninth century when Mohammed I of Granada built a fortress overlooking the Manzanares River. And the old wall of the fortress can actually still be seen, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Then King Philip II, I believe, moved the capital from Toledo to Madrid, not Toledo, Ohio, Toledo, Spain. And in 1561, it became the seat of power. And Madrid's Palacio Real, it's the largest royal palace in Western Europe. It's absolutely huge. I know. If you're talking about upgrading, 3,418 rooms. But the royal family lives in Zarzuela Palace, located on the outskirts of the city. But you can do tours at the Palacio Real, which is another just one of the top attractions in the city. It's got the Prada Museum, the Thyssen Bornemisa Museum, and the Museo Reina Sofia. And those three museums are also known as the Golden Triangle of Art. And then according to Earth.org, Madrid is considered one of the most sustainable cities in the world, which is a wonderful title to have. It's just one of those walking cities. You just go there and you just walk forever. And the way it's built, it feels really, really grand. It has these huge wide streets and you can stop and have coffee or a quick bite and just wander and wander for days. It's just one of those very, very special places. So Todd, who's our first guest today? Well, our first guest is Fiorella Samoas. She is the Director of Sales and Marketing for the Rosewood Villa Magna Hotel. So we're going to be right back and talk with Fiorella. All right. Stay tuned, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Destination Everywhere. We have our next guest from the amazing location of Madrid, Spain. We have Fiorella Samoas, and she is the Director of Sales and Marketing for the Rosewood and I want to be sure I'm saying this correctly, as I would say it if I was in Spain. So you help me out. It's, I would say Villa Magna. It is ideal. Villa Magna. Villa Magna. The Madrid, uh, the Rosewood Villa Magna. So welcome, Fiorella. How are you today? 
Thank you. Very well, Todd. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you so much for allowing us to join you today. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate it. And obviously, Madrid is one of my favorite cities in the world. It's just a great, walkable, amazing, friendly city. And we'll start first with the history of this hotel. You guys just finished some renovations in 2021. But prior to that, give us a little bit of the backstory. This hotel has actually a very interesting story because it's built where the Marquis de Anglada had his palace in the 1870. Marquis de Anglada had his own palace built here. That's why also we are very privileged. We have a huge garden facing the Castellana Boulevard because that was the grounds of the palace. So um, later than that, of course, in the on the 60s, everything was teared down and it was decided to build a hotel. Back then, a modern property that opened in 1972 for the first time as an independent hotel. It was the second largest uh, property in the city of Madrid back then. And to the century we were in, or the moments we were living then, a super modern property, state of the art. What neighborhood is next to the hotel? Salamanca District. What is it known for? Is it the shops, the restaurants, the... Shops, restaurants, nightlife. It is known for that. It's super safe. You can walk and browse the street without any challenge. You can walk everywhere. All the fashion, gastronomic places are walking distance. Everything is like it's walking distance from us. And if you want to go to the museums, the beauty of it is you want to go to the museums. Okay, that's fine. You can take a taxi, it's literally three minutes, and you can walk, like browse a stroll of 20, 30 minutes. And around the museums, there is not a lot of action. So right. you really need to get out of that area to come to the place where things happen. And this is it. Fiorella, we're talking about Madrid and the property itself. And we were saying there were renovations in 2010 Mm -hmm. to update it. And then the new renovations, obviously, it's been a year now. When in 21 did you reopen after the renovations? We are a baby six months old. Six months. (laughs) Was it the entire property, the rooms, the meeting space, the lobby? Everything. I have to tell you, I was really surprised because I went to Mexico and the COVID happened, and I returned to Madrid on a Friday. Madrid closed on a Saturday. We were working off for from home as everybody else. Yeah. And like literally four months later, all the lobby level was teared down. Wow. You know, it was like coming back, was like, wow, this is now a real construction site, you know? All the top houses, which are really the top suites that look like incredible houses in the city of Madrid with breathtaking views, huge terraces, everything teared down was like, wow, this is not a renovation. This is major, major uh, refurbishment. And How long was the property actually closed? All the COVID, two years. Two years. years we were closed, of course. And then we opened. We did the inauguration party on October 23rd. And that's when we kicked off. That's when everything started again. 
There's nothing like walking into a new space with your old friends. All the people that you know in a new place. That's great. That's a good feeling. Well, congratulations on the reopening. Thank you. Thank you. And since you've reopened, obviously, we've got to talk restaurants, your dining venues, what new amenities or upgraded amenities the property have, and of course, the sleeping rooms. So what was kind of the inspiration for the new style? The decor. You know, we were all the project. Actually, we were, you know, Rosewood has a concept of ultra luxury now. So we bring sense of place into the homes we build in the different cities. So what we wanted to do was, again, make you feel when you come into the hotel, make you feel you are coming into a residence, a private residence, not into a hotel. So the concept was done breaking the spaces in order to make everything cozy. We built seven fireplaces in the entire lobby level where you get into the hotel. And it was done by bar studios and by other four designer studios. So we had one designer to do the facade because the building is an historical building that it's very hard to touch. So we got a Spanish, very well-known architect to develop the facade. He did an incredible job because I can tell you, if you look at the hotel at 9 a.m., is a completely different hotel than you look at 6 p.m. because it was done with iron and black and gold and depends on where the light reflects, the facade changes. Absolutely. Another architect we brought in was the the one for the gardens, because we are so, so fortunate, I have to say, to have these huge gardens in the middle of Madrid. So we redesigned the gardens and they did a major work on creating terraces. You know Madrid very well, Todd, and you know we live on the street for from May until October. So we had to have great terraces, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And many cups of coffee sitting outside and on patios and terraces. There you go. So we had to have that. And we were fortunate enough that we were able to do a great job within the different seasons. We have different gardens because of the plants and flowers and everything we have. Then we had a special architect as well to build the signature restaurant, which is Amos. It is a three-star Michelin chef from Cantabrico. He's very good on elevating the Spanish cuisine, but he's still the cuisine in many aspects of uh, the grandfather and the grandmother. You can still find it there, but he's elevated. And so he is managing this new restaurant, Amos. What is his signature dish? Anchovy. Ah, interesting one, right? Well, you can't imagine. And it's super, super fun because, you know, there are people that don't particularly love anchovy. Right, like right. Like tell. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when you go to the place, you are a little bit like, oh, my God, what is going to... But it's incredible because there's a, he makes butter, anchovy butter, but it's like a, a smoked flavor, which is not exactly like an anchovy and is really good, you know. So it is really a unique experience how he works the anchovy, I have to say. 
I'll have to try it because I'm like you. I'm not a big anchovy fan, but I'm willing to try anything new. So that sounds good. Go for it. I'll go for it. I'll go for it next time. Let's talk a little bit about the spa. I hear it's one of the best in Madrid now. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's just incredible. We have a great spa in a great location, as you know. Three treatment rooms and we have a hammam which is really unique to the city of Madrid. We do really a very special hammam trained by Turkish therapists. So it is a very special experience. And I have to say, everybody talks to me and say, oh, what is your concept? What products do you use? We use great products. We have great concept. But the truth is, we have the best artisan massage, I would dare even to say, on the planet. And trust me, I've been to Asia, so I know, <laughs> I think I'm qualified, you know. <laughs> it does sound amazing. And you just mentioned business. So let's just for a second talk about meetings and events and a little bit about what makes your property appealing to meeting planners or those people that might be looking for a destination to host a program. With your property, what is the ideal size of a group that might be looking to host a program? I can tell you the ideal size is 75 rooms, but we have very extensive function and event space. So we can do up to 500 uh, cocktails style. We have the gardens, which are a magnificent venue, and we can accept buyouts depending on the season, of course. So you can have the 154 rooms as well. So the space is all super eclectic. This was something we took into consideration when we were doing the study to prepare the renovation. So you can break up and divide the meeting space. We have the first floor, which we call a junket floor, because as you know, when we have product launches and uh, movies and so on launches, they need a little bit of breakouts. So the first floor is ready to accommodate that as well. We have the houses on the rooftops, which can be, you can have one bedroom house, three bedroom house, five bedroom house. So it is super eclectic. It can go larger or smaller. I've got to go in and look at these because you're calling them houses on the rooftop, which is kind of an unusual term. When you say houses, I know listeners might be picturing what I'm picturing. Are they independent structures on top of the roof? How is this? Are they apartments? Are they two stories, one story? Yeah, one story. But definitely when you go in, you go into your incredible, beautiful apartment in the city of Madrid. And I call it apartment, but it's a huge apartment, right? So more than 300 meters one and the other can go much further than that, with incredible terraces of almost 200 square meters each facing Madrid. And really what you feel when you go in is you're not in a hotel. You are in your home in the city of Madrid. You know, it's super welcoming, the ambience. That's why we call it houses, because it is a house. The feeling is not sweet in a hotel. I love that. I think that's such a great term and it definitely makes your ears perk up a little bit. And I can picture the terraces right now. So I'm definitely going to go take another look at those. So I've got two more questions for you, actually three. So as someone who is obviously falling in love with Madrid, if someone's there for a weekend, a night for a quick trip, what are 
two things that they absolutely must do when they get there. Walk the city in the streets surrounding the hotel, get your sneakers and start walking. You know, that will bring the spirit of the city within you. Because as we were talking, you stop to have a coffee, a water, whatever, and you're already making friends. Right. So right. that is really key. And the neighborhoods around here are super safe and so beautiful. And you have everything, shopping, restaurants, well, everything within walking distance. And the second thing I have to say are the culinary experiences. If you visit Madrid, you need to try the gastronomy. You need to try the tapas in a bar outside. You need to, to try the Tinto de Verano. That is part really of Madrid and of the culture. Eating, sharing and enjoying life. That's wonderful. You're talking about how friendly everybody is. I just want to go grab a drink with you right now and just continue the conversation. It's so wonderful. <laughs> So Fiorella, if one of our listeners would like to follow you guys on one of your social media accounts, let's do Instagram and Facebook. Can you give us your handles, your Instagram and Facebook names? Rosewood Villa Magna. That's easy. Is, uh, that's it. And you can follow us as well on Las Brasas de Castellana, which is a little bit more complicated, which is one of our restaurants or Amos restaurant. So A-M-O-S. A-M-O-S restaurant restaurant yes that one is another social that we have where we share experiences from jesus here you can find also all the offers that we have to visit the city of madrid actually we are launching now fantastic offers to visit the city over the weekend in, in the summer with and to, in collaboration with the court english which is like the i would say harrods of Madrid, right? And they are literally together with us. So it's like if we were part of the same building. So we said, why don't we share a little bit of shopping with our guests? And why don't we give some certificates if you book during the weekend to go shopping? So that's what we are offering. Well, I do plan on being there this summer. So I'll be looking for those deals. And we look forward to maybe we'll actually get to have that with maybe some cava on the street. Come over. We take care of you. <laughs> well, Fiorella, again, thank you so much. And we'll be right back. Thank you. Are you ready to book your hotel for your next company event or family adventure? Let AMI help. We have ongoing relationships with all major hotel chains and access to over 200,000 hotels. Why us? We receive special promotions before they hit the open market, meaning significant cost savings to you. Go to destination-everywhere.com and click the Source Now button and let us get to work for you. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Great interview, Todd. That was incredible. So we're going to move into our destination favorites, and these are our five or six favorite things to do when you go to Madrid, things that we've really enjoyed doing. And the first one is visiting the Prado Museum. And the Prado Museum is Spain's national museum and is considered to have the finest collection of European art from the 12th to the 20th centuries. And it includes works by Rubens, Goya, Velázquez, and of course, El Greco. Yeah, and that's a pretty tall order. Just, just think about all the other wonderful museums we've been to in Europe over the years, Todd, and they're uh, claiming that this one is the top. It's very, very grand and has some of the, the greatest artists of all time. And then, of course, we talked about how old Spain was and or Madrid specifically. So 
Let's talk a little bit about the world's oldest restaurant. And this is Sabrino de Botin. And according to the Guinness Book of World Records, it has never closed and never changed location since opening in 1725. Oh, that's pretty interesting. It is. And Forb ranks it as number three on the world's top 10 classic restaurants. They still use the same firewood oven as they did over 300 years ago. Think about that. That's pretty insane. The same wood oven 300 years ago they're using today. That's a good. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of food on our list here because it's just one of those places to eat. So our next one of the things that they're known for is actually their roasted suckling pig. So if you do have the time and ready for a bite, definitely check it out. But we suggest calling ahead to make sure you can get a spot. Yeah, like I said, going to be lots of food in this one. The next one is eating tapas on Calle Cava Baja, which is a famous street known for authentic. Spanish cuisine, especially tapas. And if you don't know what tapas is, it's small plates. It's small plates of food. And if you see tapas, get it because it's just a lot of fun. It's a very social way of eating as well. Tapas is great because if you want to try everything, but you yeah. you, you don't want to eat big plates, that way you can just order 10 for the table and just start with that. And if you want more, order more. Wonderful yeah. way Absolutely. Now, if you're there on a Sunday, there's a market that you need to go to. It's called the El Rostro Market. It's an open air market. Like I said, every Sunday that's been going on for over 400 years straight, located right in the historical center of Madrid. So you can't miss it. Then there's clothes, collectibles, everything under the sun, great food, books. You can find ancient books there as well. So it's also surrounded by restaurants everywhere. So it's a great way to spend the entire Sunday. And another great location to go check out is the Puerta del Sol, and it's Madrid's most famous square. And look for a plaque on the ground that says kilometers zero. And And why is that? (laughs) Because this marks the geographical center of Spain and the starting point of the six roads branching out of the city. So that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's one thing we learned about on our research and the times that I've been to Madrid, I was unaware of this. So now I have a goal when we yeah, go Yeah, another reason to go back. And another great thing to do while you're there, something that is very famous in Madrid, a great treat is to have churros and hot chocolate. And there's a great restaurant that is really known for this. And it's San Guinness. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. And it's been serving churros and hot chocolate for over 100 years. And they're open... When when are they closed, I guess, is the question. And the answer is, they don't close. They're (laughs) open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, so you can definitely get your fix. And then another wonderful stop is the Temple of Dibad. And it's an actual Egyptian temple located in Madrid. The temple How'd it get there, Todd? It was a gift from Egypt to Spain (laughs) in the 1960s. And it was a gift for helping save Egypt's Abdul Simbel Temple's from the flooding of the Aswan Dam. And it took two years to rebuild the temple stone by stone, which is remarkable. Absolutely. That's amazing. amazing. I wish I had known about that. That's incredible. And we'd also be remiss. And the last one is obviously one of the top attractions in Madrid. We talked about it earlier in the show, and that's the Royal Palace of Madrid, the Palacio Real de Madrid. Yeah. Um, So definitely go check it out. It's the largest royal palace in Europe. So, And one more thing, Todd, that you everyone really needs to do is to go to their version of Central Park. Retiro. Retiro Park, it's a lovely, open, walkable park with many different access points around it. So definitely go check it out. Just throw out a blanket, 
and hang some, out, bring some food, and just hang out and people watch. Absolutely, yeah, that'll be place. So that said, we are going to take a quick break and come back with our next guest, the CEO of GastroCult, Maria Jose Horda. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to this episode of Destination Everywhere. I'm here with our next guest, Maria Jose Horda. And Maria is the CEO of GastroCult. And GastroCult is a company that does experiential and food tastings and just wonderful experiences around Spain. And we're going to talk specifically about Madrid, but welcome, Maria. Hi, Todd. How are you? Thank you for having me. Well, we are excited to have you because Madrid is obviously one of our favorite cities. Spain in general is just a wonderful country to travel to, and there's so many wonderful places. And we're going to talk about Madrid, but before we get to Madrid, you have a a pretty interesting background. You're born in Spain. You started off studying engineering and worked for CERN. And for those of you who don't know the acronym CERN, it's the European Center for Nuclear Research. So tell us a little bit about that and how you evolved into what you're currently doing. Okay. So I think it's a very funny story how I got to CERN, which is the first step. I was university. I went out one night with my sister and then she really liked this guy. You know, we were in a bar in Spain and she said, I need to talk to this guy, you know, and he was with another guy. And he said, I talked to him and you talked to his friends. And I was like, okay, whatever. So we went up to them. I was talking to this other guy and he was working at CERN and he was saying, you know, I work at this European center. And then I thought, wow, this guy must be like super intelligent. And he said, you know, you should apply, you know, give me your email and I give you a shout when the application form is due. So three years later, he wrote me an email and I prepared the application form. I did all my best. You know, I put everything I had done. I was so like dreaming to go to this place and I was selected. I just just thought whatever you dream of something, it happens. So I went to San. San is a very international place. It's very good, but it's very like international functionaire. I don't know if you know what it is. It's like... You work for the state. So there is not so much happening. There is no like business. There is no like how the money comes from. So I really wanted to go into like private companies. So from there, I jumped into banking because when you leave, CERN is at, in Geneva and Geneva is about chocolate and banking. This, this is what it's about, right? <laughs> right? All my friends were working in banking and they were like, you should be an analyst, you know, and they were so passionate about the world in banking. So I just applied and I jumped to banking, which was very operational. It was very nice. I was there for many, many years. And then what happened to me is at one point I came back to Spain and I had this small flat. It was around 40 square meters and I started renting it out to like visitors. And it was like around six, seven years ago. And I wanted to be number one in booking.com. Do you know this? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I said, I want to be number 10. I want to be the first, like the best flat ever in Spain. So I started, it became very crazy. I started doing interviews to customers. I was just like putting five pillows, different, like whatever. So I started doing a lot of interviews and people were asking about food. They were like, yeah, even if I had a lot of things in the apartment, like it was very comfortable about the wet, like the temperatures. They were, people were like, where can I eat? What is the, the best, like typical food in here? What is the best place? So what is this gastronomy coming from? And then at one point I thought there's something in here. Like there is 10 questions and people only develop the one that is about gastronomy and food. Mm-hmm. So I lived many years like outside Spain. So I lot, I went in New York. I went to like the UK. I knew different cultures and places and I realized 
food is a very important cultural thing. Like people talk and socialize around food. They define where we come from, who has invaded our country. In Spain, we have many invasions in the past and the food ingredients you use, they're very connected to who you are. So I realized it was uh, something very exciting. So I wanted to create a startup. I wanted to create a new company. And food international people were, you know, my target. So I gave it a little thought and then GastroCult was born, which is gastronomy and culture. So uh, so let's talk about GastroCult. So what is the premise of your business? What exactly, if I'm looking up GastroCult and I look at your website, what, what is it going to tell me about your business? What do you do exactly? Okay, so we do private tours. It could be like uh, one day or it could be an excursion out of Madrid or in Spain, or it could be several days. That's what we do the most. Like people come to Spain and they want to see, you want to see different things when you want to see Madrid, Barcelona, Sevilla, you want to go to Bilbao and do the best cooking. So people want to go around Spain and they need, they decide to do things that are very connected to culture and gastronomy. And that's what we do. We have 300 partners. We're connected to the best of Spain and we listen to the customers. We say, so the age is the first time in Spain. Mm-hmm. What kind of things you're interested in? If it is art, if it is museums, if it is, if it is just relaxing, but you want to get to know the culture, mm-hmm. we center around that. It's like private tours that are around a lot of gastronomy and culture on your way. It could be like easy going or. Do you do corporate groups as well as smaller, intimate, uh, transient travelers? Yes, we do corporate groups. Actually, this week we have Real Madrid. Oh, yes. Real Madrid in Spain, they have like every six months, they have like a campus where there is a lot of American boys and girls coming to play football here and they bring their families along. So it's like 400 people. And we give service to this group and we take them. I've actually had friends that have done that. Wonderful. That's great. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. And we do like the paella cooking. They get very excited, you know, the apron on, like they chop in the thing. There's like flamenco on the background and they they have a lot of fun. These tapas and it's our best experience. The ones with Real Madrid families is top. So if someone contacted you and they were looking for to do a gastro experience in Madrid, four people to six people, what's something that, that comes to mind that would be just unforgettable? Okay. So we work with hotels and restaurants, but we work with a lot of chefs and and like independent providers of unique things. And one thing we have is a very normal, but it's it's amazing. It's a picnic, okay, in a green park at sunset. So they come and they mount this table. The decoration is you want to cry. So either you, if it is your anniversary or if it is your birthday or if it is just a group of friends, they just put your names, they put flowers, they, they really choose the colors and everything depending on like on the uh, station, a station or how you call this, the season of the year. Mm-hmm. And so they serve the food and they put like full of Spanish food and they go to the best places. So you have really tasty food and you take your shoes off, you sit on the grass around a table and they, these two people serving for you, they mount everything and then they amount everything and they pick it up they have to ask for permission to the city hall so to do this and you sit it down and if you have kids they like playing around and it's really like easy going thing and it's very relaxed we do this when we have like the whole day we have people that want to do like cultural tours Mm -hmm. then at lunch we say okay now we relax we're going to create this experience and i love that i think that's such a great idea it is very nice and the other one we combine it with is we take rolls royce that are, you know, rooftop, uh, less, yes. 
Yes. And we take historians that go in the car with one or two people and very slow, like really, really like, I don't know, 10 miles per hour. They're running around the streets of Madrid like, and they're talking about the history and the art. And it takes an hour and it's so passionate. Everybody that goes in the car, they go, I wish my family was here. I I wish my, everybody wants to like bring people just to go around. And you go with the Rolls Royce around like the 50s. It's like really nice. And then you go for the picnic at the park. That sounds wonderful. It's such a great way to see the city where you're not in large crowds and you get that one-on-one. It's really special. Expertise from a historian. What are some of the historical landmarks uh, throughout Madrid? And I know there are many. When you have downtime and you get to just enjoy the city yourself, what neighborhoods do you like? Or do you have a favorite restaurant that you like to go to and get some great food? Okay. Recently, like... Some months ago, they opened a new place called Saddle, S-A-D-D-L-E. And I think it's the best restaurant I've ever been. Like they have like really high ceilings and the service is amazing, like really amazing. Educated, very like on time, like because, you know, na- by now we have tried like hundreds and thousands of right. restaurants. Right. Just delay. And this was very impressive. Like even the way they serve, even the butter, they bring you some warm bread and the way they cut the butter like around, it's amazing. It's like a spectacle. So what's the cuisine? The cuisine is Mediterranean. You have like yeah. Spanish food and Mediterranean and it's very like creative, innovative, but they have really tasty and soft meats. They have nice fish and they have everything. Even if you're vegetarian, they have amazing dishes. Like even if there is like artichokes, you wouldn't even try at home. You eat them there and it's like melting in your mouth, right? So it's so amazing that. place. I love it. That's a bit pricey because it's two Michelin stars. So the menu is around $190, but you can go also to like, also small places that, for example, I like Café Comercial, like commercial café is called. It's a very mm-hmm. strange name, but it's very old from the 19th century. And you used to have literates and like poets going to these places to write their poems. So it's very historical. At one point, like 10 years ago, they closed down because uh, the owners decided to like, like they were very old and they decided to close it down. And there were so many people like with post-its on the doors just saying, right. please open again. My grandfather used to have breakfast in here. I want this place to be open again. So it has a lot of history and the food is amazing. So you can go there just for breakfast. So you can, they have amazing pancakes, for example, you can have with a cup of coffee or you can have lunch and dinner. I love it. They have a small terrace, but the strongest thing is like inside, like the, and then I say there is a small little cafe. I mean, I, I don't think if this would be something super public, but a little cafe called Café de la Luz, which is the light cafe, which is also very old. And this is called the most romantic cafe in Madrid. And you just have a cup of tea, you have a coffee, maybe some pastries, but it's just how it's decorated. It looks right. like you're in a house in the 18th century right? Like the tables, the the sofas. It's very small. Maybe you have capacity for 20 people, but it is a nice place just to do a stopover and enjoy a coffee and then continue. And it's, it's really romantic. Really. So we love those hidden gems. See, we like to call those the hidden gems of a city. This, you have to be a local to really kind of know where some of these places are. And I think that's what a lot of people look for when they start, you know, traveling internationally. And we're talking about Madrid here, but you service basically the entire country of Spain, correct? 
Correct. Yes. So if someone wants to go to, you know, Canary Islands or Mallorca or Ibiza, we also have things in there. We have Galicia, which is, you know, top corner is the closest point to America. And in there, we also have very nice things. You have Finisterre, which means in Latin, finis is the end, terre. And it used to be like people used to believe it was the end of the world. Finisterre yeah. is like this this corner of Spain where there's nothing behind, and people call it like the end of the world. And it's funny, right? Because of, of course it's not. Well, fantastic, Maria! Thank you so much for your time today. I hope we get to get out to Madrid or really anywhere in Spain. Yeah, you, you please call me. I think we you absolutely that. will. <laughs> And, you know, thank you for your time. Your insight was very helpful. So, and again, to reach out to Maria, you can contact her at gastroandcult.com. So that's G-A-S-T-R-O-A-N-D-C-U-L-T.com. So again, thank you, Maria. And to our listeners, we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil, along here with Todd Lovework. Todd, great interview with Maria. God, what a great lady. I love her business model, where she obviously set up amazing experiences, you know, yeah. within Madrid. But she, acts, or she also executes meetings all around Spain. So if you do have time in Madrid and then want to go out and see something else, whether it's in Barcelona or Malaga or San Sebastian or Toledo, Definitely utilize the time and and get the most out of a trip to Spain in general. But the gastro scene is yeah, it's just the food is incredible. Bring an extra pair of sneakers and maybe some pretty loose clothes because you're going to be walking a lot and you're going to be eating a lot when you go to Madrid. Lots Uh, of elastic. Yeah, our times there have been very very special, and it's just one of those cities that's easy to visit and fun to visit, and one that you'll leave feeling very very enriched. So head to Madrid. So that wraps us up for our time here today. We would also like to thank our team here. We have our copywriters, Luis Pedraza and Kim Jordan. Annie Fernandez, our creative director. Rusty McNeely and Luis Pedraza, our podcast producers and the Lightship Studio team. So please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your preferred destination, on your preferred podcast app or by going to destinationeverywhere.com. We look forward to speaking with you next time on Destination Everywhere. Safe travels. You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit www.americanmeetings.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there. <laughs>